Welcome to Let's Talk Real Estate. I'm your host, Anna Olsisi, serial entrepreneur, passionate marketer, and partner at Segway Group at Keller Williams Realty Gainesville. On the podcast, you will find valuable information about all things real estate, plus some fun stories told by a variety of guests. So if you like what you hear, then subscribe and invite any friends who you think may get some value from listening. to this week's Let's Talk Real Estate. Today we have Kim Vidian. She is an insurance agent with Cotton's All Lines and she's here in Gainesville. Insurance is one of those things where people don't really know much about it. I guess at least everybody that I tend to work with, it's just kind of like a foreign language and it's such an important part of the real estate process because if you're getting a loan and most people get loans, you cannot close on the purchase of a home until you do have insurance. And it is a multi-step process. It can be daunting, but when you have a good agent like Kim, she breaks it down and turns it from a foreign language into plain English and really just makes the process very, very simple, not as stressful as it can be and definitely much more enjoyable than the insurance process typically is. So Kim, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you? Thank you. I'm great. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Well, Kim, since you know our audience may not know who you are, if you can just give us a little background about you and your experience, and I know you're quite an expert. So tell us a little bit about you. Well, Cotton's All Lines has been in Gainesville for 45 years in the same position, the same place. Uh, The owner, Mike Cotton, is a U.S. alumni, and I've been with the agency for 10 years. I've been in the insurance industry for 20 years. Wow. Yes. So you know your stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yes. It's ever-changing. You do. You do. Yes. Well, it is ever-changing, and that's something that is probably even more daunting for for people, you know, for the layperson who doesn't do this day in and day out. So I'm going to go through this as if I were somebody who's getting insurance. I'm buying a home, and this is a question I get from pretty much every person, even if somebody who's bought like five homes. It's like, oh, can you give me some insurance recommendations because I know I need insurance now that we're about to close on the house? And I say, okay, call Kim. And when I call you as a buyer who's about to close on their house, where do we start? When you call me specifically, I try, I try so hard to make it really, really easy. I mean, at this point, you've gone through financing and your pre-qualifications and you've gone through looking at homes and choosing the perfect home for you and and all the paperwork and everything that goes along with that. So I just try to make it as simple as possible. Getting asking you a few questions about yourself there and about the property. So for Expected questions when you call me would be your name, your date of birth would be some of the questions. Some agents will ask for social security numbers. A lot of companies run something called an insurance score, which has no effect on your credit score, but they're just kind of looking at anything that kind of pops out. Have you filed any bankruptcies or... um, has there been any claims at this residence? Um, just kind of things like that. So um, okay. 
I'm going to ask the address for purchasing and your current address. So those are things that I kind of need, not necessarily social, but kind of need to start the quoting process as far as personal information goes. You, I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but you mentioned something like a claim against that property. So that could be the current homeowner who's made a claim on it and you want to know what that claim is. Is that it? it it doesn't know it it doesn't really follow the home necessarily it gotcha. would follow the buyer um, okay so the only thing that really affects the the home as far as claims in florida is sinkhole and yes we do have sinkholes gotcha. so yeah. that's the only thing that's really going to follow the home okay okay uh great well i guess we can touch on that later but um mm-hmm. uh, so Kind of backtracking because I didn't even ask this to start. When in the process of getting, you know, like this whole, like typically you get 30 to 45 days, let's say, from the time you go under contract, you know, when you find your home, you go under contract and you close on the home. So when in that process should somebody reach out to an insurance agent? Pretty quickly. I mean, after they put, you know, the contract in and they know that they found their perfect home. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of want to start the process. One thing about for our agency is we have 17 to 20 different home insurance companies. So we're able mm-hmm. to do a lot of that shopping for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it makes it nice. That's like one super benefit of calling me is I can do all the legwork for you. That's wonderful. Yeah, pretty quickly, you're going to want to know the lenders kind of want the number. They're going to want to quote. The lender wants to know the numbers of what the quote would be to to totally finalize your loan. Right. That's true. Yeah, I didn't, mm-hmm. you know, I wasn't really factoring that in. But naturally, because that, that does affect, you know, what you're going to be paying every month. Right. Uh, something I wanted There's to ask. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Sorry. The lender will do like a guesstimate based on, you know, certain equations of like approximate when they give Mm -hmm. you your loan information, what your approximate insurance will be. And, but until you get that quote, it's not, it's not definite. Does that make sense? Well, yeah, it's not hard and fast until you actually have the the specific Mm -hmm. quote. Does it help to work with a local lender? who would be more familiar with what the insurance would be uh, on a particular property? I mean, I think everybody has their personal choice for lenders, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe their own bank or their own credit union, or there's some really great brokers out there, uh, mortgage brokers. So, I mean, they're all, they all are very, very similar in what their requirements are. Okay. All right. Well, that's good to know because I didn't know if, that would make a difference, you know, going with somebody local versus a national lender who might be fantastic, just not know the local market. But I guess that's just irrelevant, really, um, in terms of guessing the mortgage payment or, you know, like the monthly payment. Right. Okay. Okay. So we've got this going, you know, the whole process has started going at some point, usually in the first 15 days from contract and 15 days moving forward, the buyer will perform inspections um, on their home. We had, we had Josh Hellstrom on uh, the last episode and he did mention how inspections and insurance kind of go hand in hand and inspectors need to look out for certain things and insurance, you know, is going to ask for certain things probably particularly in Florida. So can you just kind of give me an idea of of how those two kind of tie in together? 
Sure. That would be my next question to you if you called for an insurance quote is, have mm-hmm. you had inspections done? And um, I know it's recommended, very, very recommended, but not mm-hmm. all lenders require them. So um, if you've had inspection reports done, there's several different types and I would, it's great, great information to know your inspection because there's a full home inspection that mm-hmm. tells every little detail about that home, every right. little crack, every little dent. Um, and then there's something that insurance companies want, and and that's a four-point inspection. And that only looks at the four major points of the home, the, the roof, the HCAV, or the HVAC, sorry, mm-hmm. the plumbing, mm-hmm. electrical, and that's it. And a full home inspection is way too much information for an insurance company. I would think so. Cause sometimes they're like 140 pages long and you don't they're, see they're 140 pages. <laughs> and, and you know, it's just, if the insurance company is looking at it, they're going to say, Oh, wow, we want that fixed. And we want that fixed and we want that fixed. And it's really not exactly. necessary. Right. right. So that's good to know because a lot of people hear this, this term four point inspection, and we don't realize that it's, the roof, HVAC, plumbing, and electrical, these are the main four points to look out for, you know, that inspection has to cover for sure. How about things like wind mitigation? A lot of people who are moving here from other parts of the country don't quite understand what that means. Right, right. Wind mitigation inspections are not required by insurance companies at all. But if you, they can add value, they can add credit to your insurance policy. And a lot of times, if you have the inspector on site, you can, they will, you can either negotiate price or they automatically give you like a, oh, we're doing all of these inspections, we'll give you a discounted price. Mm-hmm. But wind mitigation inspection is where they go actually into the attic and underneath the roof and they look at like how close the nails are spaced if you have hurricane clips if there's any secondary water resistance how hurricane proof or substantial is your home is that hmm. roof built and it can i've seen it save anywhere from 100 and fifty to four hundred dollars on an insurance policy. It's really oh. important. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That mm-hmm. is huge. Because you typically think, you know, in North Central Florida, how important would something like that be, considering that we're usually not, I mean, so far in the time I've been here, and as far as I know, Gainesville's never really been directly hit by something major. Right. Not to say that it won't though. And so to have that extra level of, of caution, but to be able to save that much, whoa, that's Awesome. That's absolutely awesome. It's a lot. It really is. And wind mitigations can be very detailed. And of course, coastally, they are. Is your your garage hurricane proof? And are your windows hurricane proof? But you're right. In the center of the state, that's not as important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But... It's good to know that that it's something that is offered to us and we can save as a result of that. So great. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so so getting I guess back into the whole lending process because most people are financing their their purchases and they do have lenders that they have to answer to. So mm-hmm. do lenders have specific requirements that that we don't know about in terms of insurance? Things uh, 2020 has um, really created a lot of change in the insurance industry, and I'm sure in the mm-hmm. lending industry as well. And I'm not in that department, um, but 
the things that I've seen that I think it's important to know is what deductibles will your lender allow? Um, some people will say, you know, Florida standard is a thousand all other peril and 2% hurricane. That's kind of Florida standard deductibles. But some people will say, Kim, I'm not going to file a claim unless it's catastrophic and I'm fine with 2,500. I'm fine with, you know, saving that little bit of money there. And then their lender says, no, you can't have anything over a thousand dollar deductible. You know, some lenders are fine with 2,500. So just mm. knowing what deductibles are going to be okay with your lender. Oh, that's very interesting. It's really, really, really important. You know, it saves time just going into it to mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if you know this answer because you're not a lender, but does the type of loan affect what kind of deductible you could possibly get? I don't know the answer to that. I think it okay. depends on the individual lender. Okay. Okay. And uh, sure. so we're going to follow that up with another podcast that ha- that answers those questions because I find that lenders on here. Yeah. I know more lenders. We've already had like two, but I think <laughs> you can't get enough information from right. a lender for sure. So, um, okay. Okay. And then can you give me an idea about flood insurance? Because I know that, you know, obviously that's a thing here, but it's not a thing here for every property. So it's not, a, it is. a Okay. So, If you're in a flood zone, even if your property has a portion of it in a flood zone, most of the time the lender is going to require that you carry flood insurance. And if they say to you, you have to carry flood insurance, you would want to know if more and more companies have come out with something called a private flood market Mm -hmm. or an endorsement on your policy for flood and that is private also. So that you would really want to know if your lender allows private market flood insurance or if they only want a FEMA product is really, really important um, Mm. if it's required by the lender. However, 35% of claims, flood claims happen in non-flood zones. So it's an important Mm. thing. it's, It's an important commodity to have or at least get a quote and consider because it's really inexpensive for properties that are not in flood And I had a phone call last week about um, a condo. We've been getting a lot of rain in Gainesville, Mm -hmm. and they did not purchase flood insurance, and it rained so hard in their area, and their entire condo flooded. And that was really a horrible call to have to tell somebody that they don't have flood insurance and they don't have coverage. And literally for a $100 endorsement on their policy, they could have had coverage. So talk about flood with whomever you call. Mm. Definitely talk about flood. Even if you're not in a flood zone and you're not mandated to carry it from your lender, it's an important policy to have. Mm -hmm. It never even occurred to me because, um, I mean, I knew that people want, like, sometimes want to get flood insurance, even if they're not in a flood zone. Uh, But something like this, you know, you just don't hear about that happening a lot. And yet it does. You know, I'm sure it happens probably more often than we think. It does. It does. We had a claim... um, a car hit a fire hydrant and that's any a flood is outside waters rising inside your home and so the fire hydrant is just spurting water and so it flooded a home that is flood and that and they were not in a flood zone so it's just really weird things you don't think about 
Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's really affordable if you're not in a flood zone. It's not expensive at all. Okay. Okay. And when you say not expensive at all, what, what are we looking at? I mean, I would say depending on the value of your home, depending upon the insurance, not in a flood zone, the average policy is 300 ish dollars. Okay. I have out of 17 companies, I have probably four that will let you endorse it as an endorsement on your homeowner's policy for a hundred dollars. Oh, okay. So that's definitely not bad. That's protecting your whole entire dwelling for a hundred bucks a year, you know, in addition to the rest of it, but yeah, it's absolutely worth it. Um, If you do have, now, if you are in a flood zone and I mean, even a portion of your property, but then the actual home itself, I, I guess it doesn't really matter which of those two, you know, if it's like the actual home versus portion of the property, if I'm getting this right, um, it doesn't matter which of the two, but if it's considered a flood zone, what, I mean, will, will rates be what, like several thousand a year? Yeah, it can be. Um, you would want to reach out and make sure there is an elevation certificate available, mm-hmm. um, which is fairly easy. If the prior owner has had a loan, then they have one on the file. They never expire. Um, If someone paid cash for a home, then there might not be one on file and you might have to get one. But an elevation certificate is really just going to, just like it says, it tells the elevation how high the home sits sits above the ground level Mm -hmm. and how much at risk it is for flood. And is it like a surveyor would do that? Would do a surveyor flooding? would do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Great. Great. I, I have had an experience where that was an issue, and they were trying to. The seller was trying to attain one, but then we had to. Then he was going to like apply to FEMA or something uh, because he wanted to get a LOMO. And if I'm correct on this letter of map amendment, is that correct? Uh-huh. Okay, perfect, perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always like to verify that I'm saying all things correctly. And that takes some time to acquire. It does. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, but if yeah. you have both of these things, then you can possibly just eliminate the flood insurance altogether if FEMA does say that your house isn't in a flood zone. And, you know, they, they amend that. But, yeah, but that does take, especially now, I've un, my understanding is it could be like three months before you can even – sort of that's get one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so that's, that's beyond the time that it takes to actually purchase the home if, right. if it doesn't exist. So yeah, that's right. something you have to consider. So, so we've covered a lot of like some of the big questions, big scary questions that people tend to have in Florida, right? Wind mitigation and flood insurance. Those are typically like the big, big red flags or big questions that, that as an agent I do get. So, so what are, you know, some agents, you know, I understand like foreclosure or short sale that can play a part in the insurance. Is that correct? It can. I mean, some agents may ask, you know, a lot of questions. Like I said, I try to streamline it, make it easy, make you work less because Mm -hmm. at this, by the time you got to me, you've got, you've done a lot. (laughs) Right. Right. You know, I want to make it easy, but some companies really do not like, you know, foreclosures. So we, you know, kind of, want to know that. Um, Mm -hmm. We have some 
programs that can tell that though. So I can tell a lot about your home without even asking you these questions. You know, I use, I typically ask for the address. Um, I pull the property card, I get the square footage, I get the construction type. I, I mean, the MLS has made it wonderful because I can see these homes that you're buying. Sure. Um, and I can tell if it has a hip roof or a gable roof, which are credits on your insurance policy. And a lot of people don't know the difference. You know, that. Mm. I don't know what kind of roof it is. Um, architectural mm-hmm. shingles or regular pre-tab shingles is an important question right now because insurance companies have gotten really, really, really strict in 2020 on age of roofs. Mm. Really strict. So most companies want it to be 15 years or less and 20 years mm-hmm. is pretty much the maximum. Wow. Yeah. And that's, huh, that's a, that's a problem that a lot of people run into right now because at least I've, I've noticed it, right? So people who have homes that were built in 2000, Five. Mm-hmm. It just seems it seems like yesterday, right? Like, oh, it's right. you know, it's in the two thousands. It was like yesterday, and yeah, then suddenly, <laughs> right? And then suddenly it's twenty twenty, fifteen years in, and and the roof it needs a new roof. Uh, I used mm-hmm. to only have that issue with with lenders, or not you know, not that issue, but I used to always have that concern with lenders. Type of loan, FHA, VA, you do need to have three to five years, and it was really moving more to five years on a roof, but now insurance is is such a big issue and i only recently learned about that from you and um that's huge i mean because that really affects everything on a house and it's no longer a thing of like well they might not get insurance it's they won't get insurance if this roof is this age so so what do you do right i mean and this yeah, go ahead. Please tell me. It's tell me, not I'm... impossible to get insurance on a 20-year-old mm-hmm. roof. We do have a couple companies that will do them. Mm-hmm. But they have to be in really good condition. Um, they have, I mean, no lifting, no granular loss, like, or very little. Of course, mm-hmm. on a 20-year-old roof, it's, you know, but they have to be really good condition, really well-maintained, and it has a higher price tag. It, right. it really has a higher price tag. It's almost double. If you're going to pay $1,200 for your average homeowner's policy, you're going to pay $24 for some for our surplus lines that will wow. have a 20-year-old roof. Wow! Wow! Well, with with over time, like that's not worth it, <laughs> you know, because the, the roof's going to die anyway in like like five years or something. The insurance company really wants to know all the risks about the house, the home that you're purchasing, if not just the roof, but is there a pool? And does the pool have a diving board? Does it, is it fenced? Is it screened? Does it lock? Um, mm-hmm. Are you going to have a trampoline? Are you going to have a skateboard ramp? Do you have a dog? And if you have a dog, there's... Um, there's a vicious breed list that, mm. you know, a lot of companies want to know exactly what type of dog you have. So there's, you know, some things that are kind of annoying about, you know, companies wanting to yeah. know what kind of risk they're insuring and what's going to be at your property. But Sure, sure. Well, I mean, it, it makes sense. That's the business that they're in, right? It's actuarial business. They want to know what the risks are and, and how much you're going to be charged for their risk. So, um, so yeah. Now I want to go back to the pool thing because of course, Florida, right? Everybody, so many people buy homes that have pools. And this question is prevalent in people who are buying less so newer homes because they tend to have 
a pool with two barriers, the typical like baby fence kind of thing around it, and maybe a screen enclosure, sometimes even both of those things, plus a fence in the perimeter of the house. Uh, right. Some, and so I know that that would be like super safe. What are the minimum standards? And is anything ever like just, you know, because the home has, has existed, you know, it wasn't, it's not new construction. So, but it had already been insured. So can it be reinsured with, the existing safety that it has. It was like built sure. in the 50s. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a four foot locking fence. It's pretty simple around oh. the perimeter of the pool. Okay. It can be your entire backyard, but as long as there's a four foot locking fence. Okay. So only one. Mm-hmm. Only okay. one. Okay. All right. I was always under the impression it was two that needed to be on there. So. It's good to know that it's only one and one, one and done. <laughs> one and done. And I won't speak for every single company in Florida, mm-hmm. um, but for the companies that I represent, it's only one. Okay. All right. Well, good. Good. That's fantastic because so many people do have that, that question and that concern. And it's mm-hmm. good to know that the insurance does not, a lot of the insurance doesn't require that. So, um, right. okay. How about, I've heard, you know, I think you may even have mentioned it, hydrants and fire stations and stuff like that. Uh, I did know about the hydrant because i that's always like a plus. Like, oh, you live, yeah, the house is near a fire hydrant. Uh, so that is that really something that's so important that insurance companies look for? It really, really is. And if someone is buying in the vicinity of Gainesville, mm-hmm. it's really a non-issue because there's a hydrant almost everywhere and there's a station almost everywhere. Mm -hmm. But there's something called a protection class, and it is the proximity of a hydrant and a station. And it's how close they can get to your home if there was a fire. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the, the, the ideal is the quicker they get there, the more can, the more of the structure can be saved. So where it really comes into effect is your rural areas where it's, you know, you're out a little bit, there might not be a hydrant and most of the time there's a station, but there might not be a station as well. Um, So the protection class usually starts around two or three in Gainesville and that means you have a hydrant and a fire station really, really close. Mm-hmm. And it all goes all the way up to 10, which means there's no hydrant and there's no station. And, you know, the premium is affected accordingly because there's higher risk. So that means there's not really a lot of houses around you. So if your house is being burglarized, there's no one going to see it and call, you know, 911. Or if it's on fire, there's no one going to really see it and they can't get to you as quickly as possible. Interesting. I did not know that because it didn't even occur to me that, for example, a farm in Alachua or High Springs Mm -hmm. or whatever will then have a higher premium than something that's in a very populated little suburb where the houses are just like 0.1 acre lots. Um, Correct. Okay. All right. Well, that's good to know. I mean, there there are benefits and... um, and then, you know, there are benefits to, to both, I guess. I mean, it depends where you want to live, but there are benefits to both. But that's that's definitely a downside. Uh, so, okay. All right. How about um, the neighborhoods, like, like if it's gated, if it's – or, like, if there's only one way in and out. I know that's a 
big issue for some if um, if there aren't like two entrances and exits to the neighborhood itself. Is that an issue? It's not an issue. It can be a credit, actually. So you uh-huh. want to know that. Like if you're moving to Gainesville, you're not really familiar. You're going to want to drive the neighborhood. You're going to want to know. Well, one, if it's gated, you're going to know. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're going to want to let your insurance professional know that because it's a credit. I mean, clearly, if your subdivision is gated, it is safer mm-hmm. for burglary and vandalism and those kinds of things. So they're going to give you a credit for that. And even in single entry that's not gated, there's one way in and one way out and somebody's going to see them or stop them or get to them, hopefully. So that's the ideal. Not that it's always the case, but most insurance companies give you a discount or give you a credit on your policy for, for that being the case. Okay. All right. That again, that's something new. It's interesting because where I live now, for example, we used to only have one entrance to the subdivision, and now there are multiple ones. And so would that affect then the insurance? I mean, I guess if the insurance company isn't privy to that, does that affect it? I'm, I'm curious. It doesn't affect the rate. So hypothetically speaking, if you called me and we didn't even discuss the entry, you know, mm-hmm. it's the rate is the rate. But if you said, oh, wait, it's, or if I asked you, is there a single entry? And you said, actually, there is a single entry. I would give you that credit. Gotcha. If it became more than, you know, one entry at some point, theoretically, they would need to be notified and you would just lose that credit. Sure, sure. Okay. It doesn't make it uninsurable or it doesn't make it a, you know, anything bad. It's just an additional credit they offer because single entry gated communities are, they're just a credit because hopefully if something was to happen, they could catch them before they got away. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, I mean, Mm -hmm. makes complete sense, but, uh, (laughs) but yeah, yeah. yeah. So, okay. Well, well, good to know. Good to know. I, I have no idea uh, what the situation is on my end, but um, but yeah, it's it's something that again, the more you know, the more you can advise the customers that you work with and say, hey, ask sure. this question, say this, or let's sure. point this out. Uh, so okay, okay, great. Monitored alarm system is another one, and I tell my clients like, don't go grab an alarm system because you're going to save a million dollars on your insurance policy because that's not the case. Grab mm-hmm. an alarm system because it makes you feel safe. But if you grab one, if you get one because you want to feel that safety, let mm-hmm. me know about it because it is a credit and it's. 30 to $50 on your policy per year, you're going to pay more for the alarm monitoring mm-hmm. than that. So that's why I don't say get one to save money. Right. Right. But it's always, that's always a good thing to have, even in the most, in the communities that are perceived to be the safest, it's Correct. so good to have one. And so, yes, yes, yes. You can't go wrong with that for sure. Uh, so, okay. And let's see. So what, what other things, you know, would give you a credit or would take away from the desirability, I guess, of the house? I mean, the, the credits, we'll talk about the credits. Sure. Knowing your roof type, hip roof is a credit. Architectural shingles are better, especially they allow more long, you know, longevity on those now than, you know, mm-hmm. the average three tab shingle. Right. Um, hardy board siding, like 
in construction types, right? Hardy board siding as a credit. Masonry is always cheaper than frame. Hardy board is a is a cement fiber kind of construction, so that's mm-hmm. why it's a credit. So those are just things to know to tell your agent so you make sure you get those credits. And, you know, like I said, a good agent is going to look at the property card and kind of know this about your house so you don't have mm-hmm. to worry about it. But they're, they're definite things that you, you know, you should know. All right, Kim, so we've talked about in terms of like how old, you know, a house would be in order to have, the, I guess, the best coverage. I Correct me if I'm wrong on that. Um, you said something about 2001 and newer. You'd have, I guess, better coverage or better insurance. Explain that further. You'd have better credits. It's a newer build. Most 2001s are newer built with, you know, the hip roofs and the the hardy board siding or the masonry siding, and they're built more to to the to a newer standard or a newer code. Gotcha. So they have the most credits internally. Okay. Okay. Well, that yes, mm-hmm. obviously that makes very much sense. So mm-hmm. now 2001 though, what, so in terms of what the insurance covers, because I'm very curious to know, I mean, it doesn't even have to be from 2001 on, of course, it's just any house right. whatsoever. What, um, yeah. what does it cover? Right. Good question. So on a typical homeowner's policy, Florida has like a standard and um, agents and clients can kind of build from that um, as far as what is important to the client, what the agency standard is. Our agency has a little bit of, we beef up the the, the Florida standard policy. Um, but there's going on a, on a typical homeowner's policy, there's different coverages um, for dwelling, for other structures, for contents, for personal liability and medical payments. And then there's all types of endorsements that you can add that may reflect what your client's needs, wants are. Okay. Um, but there's, and that's that's just how the Florida homeowners policy is. Um, coverage that really are important when you're buying a homeowners policy, and it really doesn't fluctuate the cost that much. Is you always want replacement cost um, mm-hmm. on the dwelling, and that's kind of required by the company, anyways. But you want replacement cost on your contents. Um, mm. You do not want to pay two thousand dollars for a flat screen TV and it depreciate out and you know be handed at claim time fifty dollars because they paid out actual cash value. You always mm. want replacement cost on your contents. Um, replacement cost is typically always on the dwelling itself mm-hmm. unless there's that 20 year old roof. If you have that 20 year old roof and you have to reach out to a specialty market, they are going to pay actual cash value on that roof, which mm-hmm. is depreciation. And at claim time, your roof isn't replaced. It, they depreciate it out. And so that kind of becomes a problem. Right. Cause you get like five bucks for your roof. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Twenty-year-old roof. I mean, just kind of think about your car. Twenty-year-old car. You're not going to get a lot of money. Nope. Oh wow. Okay. That's that's not good. Yeah. All right. All right. So um, yeah. Go. So go on. Go on. 
Yeah, yeah. Another thing is, you know, the Florida standard homeowner policy is 100,000 liability. And we don't see that much anymore because it's literally a few dollars to go with 300,000 at minimum. Mm -hmm. And I truly recommend that because there's just, we're very social people. Lots of times we have events at our home or, you know, just people coming over. You want to have the 300000 liability um, mm. in case there is an accident. Medical payments, this, the Florida standard's about 1000 A couple dollars more, you increase it to 5000 Medical payments is going to be, and if I come over to your house and I trip over that beautiful dog and I cut my toe mm. and I don't, I'm not going to sue you, but I want to get my toe stitched up, that's sure. where medical payments would come into because I'm not going to sue you. But $1,000 isn't a lot of money to pay for those things anymore. They used to be, but not mm. so much anymore. Okay. Well, yeah, that makes um, sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, water backup is a great coverage on a homeowner's policy. There's, you know, coverage for inside water breakage. We already talked about flood, outside water's rising in. But water backup is an endorsement that you would add. It's important because it. It's when the pressure system backs up from your pipelines, your sewer lines, your mm. your shower, your toilet, that is not covered unless you have water backup on your policy. Oh, um, I yeah. didn't know that. I didn't, didn't know, know that. that. <laughs> I didn't know that. And that actually happened to someone that I, we were about to sell their house and she came back from Europe and there was a foot of water in her house because mm. one of the toilets had burst and upstairs. And or had whatever you know had backed up upstairs and had yeah and, yeah because she, she was gone for like two weeks and so in that period of time that's what happened and that was like a little nightmare so hopefully she did have water oh, I think she did you know she had coverage for that but that's good to know that it's not standard that that's it's something you have to add okay you have to look for it or ask for it you know a good agent's going to include it but um, sometimes it's not included. Mm-hmm. So, okay. um, there's some new coverages out there that I'm really kind of in love with. And one of them is equipment breakdown. It's an endorsement on your policy and it covers equipment in your home. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's your AC, your refrigerator, even pressure from electrical or your computer. It covers oh. equipment in your home that breaks down prematurely. Oh. Uh, and it's a $50 endorsement onto your policy. And not all companies offer it. So wow. it's, it's fairly new, but it's really a nice little coverage. Heck yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So many times, so many times when people are buying homes, they want a home warranty, but that can be like a thousand dollars. And so to have something right. like this for 50 is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, especially where you're really not concerned. You have that house that you're like, wow, this is a great house. I'm not really concerned about the structure of the house or, you know, that kind of thing. But you just want that little bit of, well, what if the refrigerator is only 10 years mm-hmm. old? You know, what if mm-hmm. it breaks down or the air condition or, you know, the electrical, if it just malfunctions from breakdown or, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah, you can have one lightning yeah. strike and lose everything at once. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. in the summer. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Um, so, I mean, lightning strike is kind of, it's like, a, you know, in claims, there's just this wonderful gray area, I like to call it, but lightning strike is covered under a different part of your home policy, oh. but this is just kind of added protection for like a pressure, like a surge. Okay. See, there you go. That's why you need an insurance expert to explain everything. Because <laughs> even an agent's not going to, not even a real estate agent will know all the ins and outs because, well, I haven't True. done this. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So that is just a really lovely coverage that's very, very affordable. And another one that I think is kind of neat and people just don't think about is service line enhancement. And that's fairly new too. And again, not all companies include it or offer it, but open your front, when you open your front door of your beautiful new home and you're standing on your, you're standing on your front porch, mm -hmm. the lines, whether they're electrical or they're plumbing, that service the home that come to the home mm. are not covered. They're just, they're not covered. Mm. They're on you and the city or whoever maintains those lines will cover a certain, I think it's like two feet in um, or they'll cover certain things, but for the most part, it can fall in your pocket. It can fall on you and your responsibility. Wow. So service line endorsement covers them. And huh. it's another $50 endorsement. Wow. That's, mm -hmm. I, who knew, you know? And then, because everybody, typically if there's something wrong with, with, with service lines, you assume that they're going to be taken care of by, by the utility provider or whatever. Right. Um, Correct. So yeah. yeah. And they're yeah. not always, they're only covered a certain feet onto your property and that's it. And then they leave the rest wow. to you. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Good and it's know. really, I mean, it's neat coverage. Like if there's roots underground that grow through yeah. plumbing or, you know, surges, like there's power surges, there's really, it, it, it covers it. So you don't have to worry about that. Okay, good. Very good. Because definitely the root, the root thing for sure. I've seen that be a mm -hmm. problem with some, some homes. So, okay. That's exciting. What else? Tell us more. What else? A lot of people... You know, when they buy a home and they move all of their stuff in their home and they, there's coverage, there, there is coverage, but there for, for your finer things or your collectibles, there's limitations on mm -hmm. all homeowners policies. And I recommend that if you have jewelry that's higher than a thousand dollar value or an art collection or a music, um, musical instrument collection or silverware mm -hmm. or furs or any kind of guns, um, that you have them scheduled. People just don't know that if I have an art collection that it needs to be scheduled to be covered properly. Mm. They don't mm -hmm. know. But if you have any of these items and they're valued at more than $1,000 and they are stolen, you're going to get $1,000. Wow. Have, yeah, that $5,000, $10,000 wedding band, if you do not schedule it, you're going to get $1,000. That's so, a lot of people don't crazy. know that. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I always thought that that couldn't be covered, you know, under your homeowners. So it's, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's good to know because I always thought you had to insure those things separately. And, um, and yeah, I guess you could do both. Mm -hmm. you, you could know? do both. You could right, do either. Right. You wouldn't want to okay. do both, but you could do either. You could do a separate policy for Inland Marine for just those items, or you can schedule them under your homeowner's policy. Okay. Good to know. 
Well, keep going. Ordinance ordinance of law coverage is pretty important. And that kind of amazes me on um, how many people do not have that coverage. And this applies to any house. But when you purchase a home, um, especially older homes, but even 2000 and newer, the code changes. It just Mm -hmm. does. It's just the nature of the beast. So it is going to give you more coverage. You can do 10%, 25%, 50%, but it allows for code changes. So you have a major loss and the company has to put you back whole and the code has changed. So mm. it, the material costs more money now to put you back to the new code that's where ordinance of law coverage comes in and it's important and you need that on your policy and it's very inexpensive. Wow. Definitely look for that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And that, I mean, gosh, that happens in so many homes where, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm going to give an example and I don't know if that's right or wrong, but say you've got a house that has to be replumbed for whatever reason and it needs to be brought up to new standards or, or new electrical, like completely rewired. Would it be something like that? Would it be covered Correct. something like that? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Correct. And that's, that's super common. So yeah, absolutely. And it's super costly too. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> if you don't have that coverage, it's super, yeah. it can go into your own pocket again. So that you pay the difference between, you know, what it was before and the new code change and it can be costly. Oh, for sure. It's already costly to start. Mm-hmm. So you don't want, you don't have to pay even more. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. And the last thing I want to talk about, and it's it's a kind of a touchy subject, but I so I won't go into details, great details about it, but it's personal injury. And we are very social creatures. We have social media now. We have a lot of scenarios that are that are going on in the world right now. And personal mm-hmm. injury is something that you can add to your policy, it's again, very affordable and it will protect you if somebody wants to sue you for some sort of injury or insult that you may speak, if that makes hmm. sense. That makes sense. But who knew it was under homeowners? Like how, how it, why? <laughs> That's very interesting. It is interesting. It is interesting. And it just gives you that added coverage that they will um, go to bat and defend you and pay for defense if there is somebody that says that, you know, and it's really great if you have teenagers (laughs) that, that, you know, put stuff on, no comment, that might write something on a social media profile that someone finds offensive and wants to come after you for personal injury. So I, that's a really, really important coverage. The more we get into being very social on the internet. Interesting. Well, and now like that's it, right? Because we can't even see each other that much in person. So that's, I know it's being put out there, you know, in, yes. in, in the internet and forever, you know, in perpetuity it's out there. So exactly. um, yes, yes. That's, that's a whole other podcast. That's a whole other podcast for another subject. And there's so many coverages out there that can be added or, um, you know, kind of wiggled around. And it's really just a great idea to have a conversation with your agent. And what do you recommend? And what do I need? And this is what's important to me. And I have these exposures and I want these 
covered. And those are just really great conversations to have with your agent. Well, you know, it's the, it's the whole thing of you don't know what you don't know. And so don't. you don't even ask the questions because you don't even know what questions to ask. So it's wonderful to have all of this information and understand that all of this is out here and then some, uh, but these are the basic ones that are so, so crucial, you know, and, and really, really important to consider for your homeowner's insurance because you just never know when certain things are going to happen. And that, well, that's the point of insurance naturally, but yeah, you just don't, don't know some of these things. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much for covering. You have been, I mean, I have learned so much and I hope that anybody who's listening has learned as much, if not more than I have. Um, like I said, you know, because as a real estate agent, you're in this kind of all the time and yet there's so much beyond what our scope of knowledge is and to have experts like you be able to provide that for us, for all of us, is is such a huge value uh, that we can give to the people that we serve. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And I will say that we're not going to cover it today because we've gone, we've given everybody a lot of information already, but I would love to have you back to talk about renter's insurance because so many people are renters and, and then possibly condo insurance, which is a whole other beast besides, you know, it's very different than homeowners for a single family home. So yeah, thank absolutely. you. And, absolutely. Okay. Lots of investors out there buying investment properties and they need mm -hmm. to know all about that and, and condo. And I would love to talk to you about that one day. Wonderful, Kim. Well, thank you so much. So everybody, this is Kim Vidian. She is in she's an agent at Cotton's All Lines Insurance, and she will be back on the show uh, someday, hopefully very soon, to cover even more insurance topics and questions. If you do have any questions, please send them to us. We'd love to be able to answer them and also connect you with Kim and see how she can help you uh, better insure your home. Thank you so much. And here's to the next one, everybody. Thanks so much for listening today. If you like what you hear and want to learn more about real estate and hear the occasional funny story, then hit that subscribe button right now. And if you know of someone who'd benefit from listening, then tell them to subscribe too, or else they may feel a little left out. For questions, topic suggestions, or nice comments, send an email to Anna at SegwayRE.com. We can also connect on Facebook at SegwayRE. Thanks for listening as we bring you a new way of doing real estate. Bye!